everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. How uh, how would he do? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you go with. For, for this. Also, I can't help but notice that Tim has uh, styled his beard a little bit into a more of a goatee. Was this a, a concentrated effort? No, <laughs> I uh, was... On a, a friend's show yesterday, and I was playing the devil, so I just <laughs> <laughs> gave myself a more devil-like <laughs> facial hair. Good to know. Go teaser. <laughs> Devilish. So this is a horror movie podcast. Uh, we get together, and we talk about film. We've watched this really that simple. And it is Vampire mm-hmm. Month here in January of what is hopefully a better year of 2021. Uh, I say that because we're recording these in advance because Tim should be either already on paternity leave by now mm-hmm. or about to be on paternity leave. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But we are here today to talk about Fright Night, the original mm-hmm. Fright Night from 1985. Uh, kind of one of the probably most known 80s vampire movies that, you know, for whatever reason, we haven't mm-hmm. gotten to yet. And uh, we're going to dive in and talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, I'd only seen this once before. I saw it when I was a teenager. Which sadly was probably about fifteen years ago now, which maybe probably <laughs> my age. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this one you've seen a lot? Is this one that you've you grew up watching? Uh, surprisingly, not a lot. Um, I'm not sure what it is about this one because uh, for some people it's like a seminal classic that they grew up on, and I don't know. It, it was just one of those weird ones that, like, I, I don't like. I wasn't actively avoiding, but I just I don't know, never got around to it. Like I remember the box art very vividly. You know, like from, you know, perusing, uh, you know, uh, movie store shelves and stuff. And I I think at some point I just got it in my head. I don't know why. Maybe I heard it somewhere or maybe just like lack of, you know, seeing it around and or the fact that, you know, I never really saw it on TV or anything. But I think at some point I got it into my head that like it wasn't very good. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I probably watched it for the first time, like maybe in my 20s or something and was like oh this is actually like pretty fun and oh it kind of has like a cult following and stuff it's um yeah and then uh i don't i wouldn't say that it's something i've watched like a lot since then like you know i've seen it a handful of times now at this point i have the blu-ray um and everything um uh, but yeah i i uh i don't, I don't know it's just a it, it's a weird one um I, i'm kind of surprised that like it's not a little bigger because it is definitely like horror fans. I, I feel like, it, you know, it's one that people know and talk about, but it's, it still feels like pretty cult-like to me, at least. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I say, I saw it when I was a teenager and I have to admit, I don't remember actually loving it that much as a teenager. And I don't know <laughs> what about it at the time did that. I mean, I'll, I'll reveal in a second if I, how I felt on this, this watch, but uh, just to make it clear, we will start spoiler free and we'll give you warning before we get the spoilers. Uh, the basic premise of the movie, um, it's a little, uh, I don't it's not exactly rear window-esque, but it's, it's kind of like sure. teenager, you know, in his house, notices that his new neighbor's a bit creepy and suspects very quickly that he might be a vampire and mm. very quickly crosses paths. With good cause. With, you know, with, with reasonable cause past a certain point, <laughs> yes. Uh, but he... He eventually crosses paths with him and becomes kind of in danger from this. I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that he is a vampire. That's that's not... The movie doesn't treat it like a mystery. Sure. It's very quickly yeah. established that he's definitely a vampire. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's, it, it basically, it's about him reaching out to this this aging actor, clearly inspired mm-hmm. by like a, a Peter Cushing cross with Vincent Price style of uh, mm-hmm. thespian uh, mm-hmm. from all these old horror movies that he watches on TV to try and help him take on the vampire. Uh, so, plus it has uh, Marcy from Married with Children. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's so as, weird. <laughs> as the teen love interest, which is surreal. Uh, so there you go. Um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the aging actor in question, whose character's name is Peter Vincent. So again, I said Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. I don't think that name's an accident. Sure. <laughs> uh, in that sense. Uh, but he's played by Roddy McDowell, who you might know as Cornelius from the Planet of the Apes movies. The, uh, of course. The original ones. So uh, mm-hmm. no, stuff. Um so yeah, I mean, you kind of already answered the the question yeah, if you mm-hmm. liked it or not. So uh, maybe I, I'll just skip to me. But mm-hmm. uh, you yeah, know, I had fun with it. There's a lot of fun to be had here. It's definitely better than I remembered it being, with mm-hmm. one very large caveat. Interesting. Okay. 
There's one very large caveat. And his name is Ed. Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think um, that's going to kind of swing either way uh, for most people. Uh, You're probably going to either find him intolerable or, you know, the highlight of the movie. Uh, I I think that Franklin (laughs) from Texas Chainsaw Massacre has some competition, is what I'm saying, (laughs) for being just an absurdly annoying character. His laughingness, his high-pitched voice... Mm -hmm. The way he questions things, everything about him absolutely drove me nuts. I hated him <laughs> every time he was on screen. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's funny because, um, I mean, he probably has, like, the most iconic line, like, you know, from the movie, like, the thing that people usually quote, which I was going to say off the top of the show, but I don't think I can capture, you know, Evil's voice. Like, it's, I don't know, there's, I don't even really know how to describe it. It is, like, very grating, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's uh, he, he's definitely a, a character in this, for sure. I, I'm still not sure if he's supposed to be friends with uh, the main character. <laughs> the, 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 the main character, is that, that's Charlie, I believe. Charlie, yeah, Charlie's the yeah. main one. So, like, I, like I, I'm still not sure if, are they actually friends, or is he just, like, kind of a loser who doesn't really have anyone that just kind of pops up and inserts themselves in, into, like, their lives? Yeah, Joe, it, 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 it sounds to me, like, when he talks, he kind of sounds like, like a really annoying cartoon character. He's so animated with the way he talks, yeah. it's, it's really annoying. Uh, he's like, hey, Charlie! <laughs> and, he, you know, it's just like, I can't like, even do the yeah, high-pitched yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, everything is, like, you know, it's, like, really drawn out. It's like, <laughs> like there you go. Yeah, that was a good noise. That, that was a noise that encapsulated the experience of Evil Ed. But I will uh, admit, like, I... Um, I, I guess I kind of waffle a bit. Like, I do think he's annoying, but there is some stuff that's like so over the top. I, I think it's kind of funny, but I, th- there is, um, some stuff with him towards the end that I actually do feel is, despite how annoying he is, I feel like is kind of <laughs> touching a little bit. Uh, but yeah, let's save that for spoilers. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm very curious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I will say probably the the biggest star of this movie for me is actually I, I noticed the the name in the credits, but mm. uh, the music is composed by Brad Fidel, who went on to do well. He already done Terminator One, and he went on to do Terminator Two. Uh-huh. Uh, the music, okay. and I actually do think the music in this is really good. Uh, it's mm. a little in your face. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, you know, almost a time uh, Jerry, you know, the vampire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said Jerry. I think of Jerry Seinfeld. No, I'm just thinking <laughs> of Jerry Seinfeld as a vampire. But it doesn't sound like a very vampire name. <laughs> It doesn't know, uh, but every time like he appears or he's staring at someone, like this, like mm-hmm. you know, pulsing bass and electric guitar come in, and I'm like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> this is yeah. this is kind of the of the era stuff that I'm I'm kind of here for. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I mean I have fun with the movie. There's a lot of good moments. There's, there's some laughs to be had along the way. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it has kind of a weird thing where I don't know if I necessarily like charlie that much either he's not actively annoying yeah. he's not annoying like evil ed it's not the same thing it's just in the sense that mm-hmm. i don't know how like ultimately sympathetic he is he's kind of a dick in a lot of ways <laughs> oh sure yeah and uh, i i feel like the movie starts pretty quickly to the point where i feel like you don't really get uh, a super great grasp on who he is as a character because mm-hmm. it's almost like instant that he's you know, entwined in this vampire stuff. So, I mean, all we know is that, like, he's paranoid about vampires. But, um, yeah, I, I guess the only other really character thing we get is that he's, like, kind of pressuring his girlfriend, like, to have sex. Like, Yeah, that's... which <laughs> isn't necessarily the most likable thing right out of the gate. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not even just that. Like, he, he has, like, moments where he just straight up becomes, like, a peeping Tom at a couple of moments. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, there's other beats where he'll, you know, he'll dare say something. Um, it never goes like too absurdly extreme. Don't get me wrong; he, he never like crosses like super extreme lines. But it's kind of this weird thing where I, I get that a lot of this stuff is like eighties kind of tropes, and like a lot of this behavior from teenagers, especially in sure. the eighties, was kind of like on screen considered, you know, completely like you know, acceptable. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, there's just like, enough little things there where I don't think Charlie came across as a, a super likable guy. And even likewise, yeah. even the love interest Amy, played by. Uh, you know, Marcy from from Married with Children. Yeah. <laughs> Even she comes across a little bit one note where she's just constantly annoyed that he's not paying attention to her and he's paying attention to vampires and, like, conspiracy theories instead. 
Yeah, uh, there was like a, a couple of like really annoying parts where um, like he like they would be talking and then like his interest would get peaked somewhere else like a you know something odd is happening and then he would go to check it out and then she would get mad but it's that kind of annoying thing where it's like i don't know like no one's talking to each other like mm -hmm. he just needs to be like hey listen uh i i, I understand that you're here and what you're saying is important but also please understand that <laughs> i am going through some really weird stuff right now and i need to pay attention to this like uh, but instead it is like yeah the very typical like oh you man <laughs> kind of yeah. like reaction a lot of times <laughs> yeah so so i i if i have a complaint a, a kind of a broad stroke complaint that is although you know because obviously my first complaint is evil head is annoying as shit is <laughs> that the characters aren't super like likable or that i want to root for which is a big difference mm. from other 80s movies where i do super love the characters and i do want to root for mm. say i don't know I mean, I'm just trying to think of a vampire movie, I guess Near Dark, but even taking away vampires, like, think of something like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that, where I'm rooting for the characters because I like the main character, or, or sure. Dream Warriors even more so, where I like the whole group of characters. Mm -hmm. uh, that, this is maybe the one thing that feels like it's missing from this, because otherwise it has all of the all of the vibes of a movie of that era. It has the music, it has mm -hmm. the kind of the 80s style, it has kind of, you know, some fun, cheesy elements. It has... I was kind of joking at one point that when uh, the vampire Jerry's like sort of like he's glamouring people by staring at them, I was kind of mm. saying, "Oh, this is kind of a weird like you know like obviously this is what like the, the staring in Twilight is based on is the, not this movie specifically, <laughs> but just in general the idea of like you know glamouring the the victim so they're mm. in a trance before you like strike." But yeah. there's like a couple of moments where they go, they go so over the top with how he's staring at like Amy, <laughs> where he's like. I mean, it's actually one of the things that I remembered bizarrely because I'd forgotten so much of this movie. I'd forgotten Ed entirely, so that was a nasty shock. But <laughs> one of the things that I did remember is I vividly remembered, for whatever reason, from watching this in my teens, of the vampire kind of like just staring and walking through like a dance floor, like back and forth as uh, he stares yeah. the entire time. <laughs> for whatever reason, that visual stuck in my head for the last 15 years, but <laughs> uh, that stuck out to me. I, I do, well, I do, I do enjoy his performance though. I, I do like the vampire. Uh, I, th I think mm -hmm. his performance is quite likable. Well, not likable. That's not the word. But you know, it, <laughs> yeah, like it, 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 he's he's charismatic. He's a little cheesy, but not too cheesy. Mm -hmm. And like you can kind of see how like you know he can get one up on people. Like like when he's you know talking to the, uh, I think like the first time like uh, early on when he's like talking to the police and he has kind of his I don't know uh, friend or what whatever with them and. You know, they, they, they're treating everything very silly, silly, like, oh, yeah, you know, sure, I'm a vampire, whatever you say. And, like, you can kind of see how, yeah, people would maybe, like, believe him or kind of, you know, think he's, like, a little charming. Yeah, no, I, I think he, his charisma adds a lot to the to the movie. Um, but maybe another movie to compare it to would be Vamp, which is another 80s vampire True. movie that, mm -hmm. I think, from what I remember, you know, watching that a few times, is that that also didn't necessarily necessarily have the most likable characters for the most part um but maybe that made up for it more in the style because there was a lot of fancy lighting in that movie there was maybe a lot more you know actual well i can't say there's a lot more gore there's actually a couple of grisly practical effects towards the end of this uh yeah it's just kind of held back until the last like 20 minutes but uh i think that's maybe a more interesting comparison in terms of what sort of level we're dealing with here in terms of uh overall quality i suppose um, sure. I may say with Vamp a little bit overall, though. Um, mm -hmm. Probably just because of the stale stuff. But yeah, no, I I I like Vamp uh, quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I would say if I had to choose between these, I'd yeah, probably go to that. I think like Lost Boys is probably another you know uh, one people kind of compare it to. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's a I I don't, I don't know, like it, yeah it, to. For me, like, it doesn't really light my fires, I, I guess. And I'm not like, oh, this is like a seminal 80s horror movie. But I, I do think it is pretty solid and fun. Like, yeah, the characters aren't great. But, like, you do get kind of, uh, you know, caught up in the, you know, whole situation. And I do kind of like that, um, like you're saying, like, the, the rear window aspect. Like, I, I like the idea of, like, oh, this thing is right next door, but no one leaves you. And... Like, there's, you know, nothing you can do about it, and you just seem like you're going, like, crazier and crazier. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like, uh, I do think there's, like, some actually pretty good, like, special effects. Like you said, it's kind of saved towards the end, but 
again, like it's like you know, always really nice to see like actual practical, you know, stuff going on. Well, I mean, it's the eighties, so it was bound to be practical yeah, for the but... most part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe the odd optical trick, but nothing too mm-hmm. too fancy. Um, no, I no, I'm kind of on a similar boat, and I think it's actually a decent, solid, fun time. Uh, I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it, and it definitely is of the era that I appreciate kind of the charm that it's going for and what what it has. Uh, but it does kind of fall flat compared to a couple of other movies from the era in the sense that it doesn't necessarily have quite the likable characters. In fact, in one example, it has a completely detestable one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, but it has great music. It has style. I think the villain adds a lot to this. I, I think uh, Roddy McDowell does add a lot. I think the, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of this this actor who's just been fired, who is kind of past his prime and remembers his youth, getting the chance to actually... It's almost like a precursor in some ways to uh, Galaxy Quest. I mean, you think about it. This idea of just this vampire movie actor who is a bit of a is a washed up old, you know, old article now. No one cares about him, Mm -hmm. but he has a chance to kind of prove his worth by actually helping with a real vampire. And you know, Mm -hmm. some of that I think is kind of endearing. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, no, he he's a very interesting uh, aspect to it. Um. I feel like there's there's a weird thing in like these type of movies. I feel like when um, you know like something like supernatural or whatever is going on, and then people like lean towards like you know books or comic books or movies for the information, which I just think is kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like a funny trope where it's like, all right, if um, you know if I did think someone like was like a vampire, like would I really be like? Oh, you know who I should talk to? The horror movie host. Like, they don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I agree. It's kind of a silly idea uh, that happens a lot. I don't mind as much with a kid, because in, in Back to the Future, when Marty mm-hmm. arrives and they think it's an alien, and the kid's mm-hmm. like, look, it's just like my comic book. Like, I'm cool mm-hmm. with the kid thinking that, because he's a kid. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when, you know, an adult, well, it's not an adult in this case, it's like a 16, 17-year-old, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, supposedly... Uh, a 17 year old but you know, he's like 20 <laughs> but you know with someone of that yeah. age is like no i'll go to the the horror actor he'll know what to do well like i mean yeah like it would be like if you know some like random person like emailed us and was like guys i think my house is haunted what should i do we'd be like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like, uh, uh, I, I don't know uh, say a hail mary shit in the porch <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> shit in the porch what <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right fine sacrifice a goat there you go i think that'll do it I mean, I think you're bringing the you're you're just asking for more demons at that point. But. <laughs> oh dear. Um, all right, so I think we'll give the uh, the spoiler warning so we can talk about all the uh, the events of the movie and uh, favorite scenes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you. Well, I'll say that for the month at the time of recording because we're recording all these very much in advance. So. Uh, at the end of the episode the video version will have the uh, up-to-date producer credits on the video but obviously recording wise i have to say what we have at the time so uh thank you to tyler hess cindy palaceas david short board now al tribesman christopher moy brett williams and david brown uh they are our patreon producers at the time of recording and that means they are 20 dollars or more on patreon.com slash tv but you can of course support us for much less than that uh, you can get bonus exclusive episodes for one dollar per month and there's a whole back catalogue there. You can, of course, also get early access to the show at the $5 tier and voting rights and stuff like that. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. And if you can't do any of that, do not feel bad or worry because you can, of course, hit the like button on YouTube, which is a big sign of support. And it lets YouTube know that we're worth recommending out to other people, along with commenting and subscribing and you know, rating us on iTunes with, with a positive rating, obviously. Five stars. Good review. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's, that's my plugging done mm. for the middle of the show. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, full spoilers then for Fright Night. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned earlier, we, we kind of start mm. off the movie with uh, meeting Charlie and uh, and Amy, and they're, they're seemingly on the cusp of having sex, but not quite <laughs> there. Uh, and he's basically whining. He's like, oh, I've been together for a year, and all you ever say is, stop, Charlie, stop. Which is a really... <laughs> like, <laughs> If she's having to say stop, Charlie, stop a lot, maybe cons- reconsider yeah. your actions a little bit. I, uh, but then she's like, you know what, okay, okay. And she takes off her top and she's getting, you know, she's like psyching herself up in the bed, sitting there in her mm-hmm. bra, ready to go. 
And Charlie starts to like notice like two guys like moving a coffin in next door. <laughs> it's like, well, Charlie, are we going to make love or not? Eh? Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. The coffin good on. Now, see, this aspect I actually do like. Like, I like the guy, like, I, I like the idea where, all right, the girl actually wants to, like, you know, make out or have sex or whatever, but the guy is too caught up in, like, the vampire stuff to worry about it. I think like, I would think it's funnier later. I think here in this opening scene, when all he's seen is a coffin, like, because, like, you know, a yeah. couple, you know, like, in the next day or whatever, or two days' time, when he's seen more evidence and he's actually starting to become obsessed, I think that would be mm-hmm. quite funny. Uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. I think here it came across to me as really unrealistic that any teenage boy <laughs> in this moment would be like, there's something mildly interesting outside my window. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose not to have the sex that has been offered to me on a silver platter. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't quite buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, uh, so she gets mad and, and leaves. Well, she, she tries to kind of like be nice to him like multiple times, but he keeps just kind of ignoring her and mm-hmm. looking through the window. I did, I did get a laugh though, because when they come downstairs, um, I can't remember what the line is that they say something about uh, something about making love or like you know you know you know you know you keep changing your mind if you want to make love to me or something like that. But they, they, they yell it kind of out loud, and then Charlie's mom just goes, "Oh hey hey kids," just kind of awkwardly. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that was pretty funny." <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like that's a sort of joke you could update and make it really it goes. You'll go even further with it. Like just have them walk down and say, "Like." You know, Charlie, you know I don't like it up the ass. Then the mum just going, hey, kids. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we'll have to see. Maybe uh, they did something like that in the remake. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Or the sequel. Which? I think, I guess if they if they're going to update uh, uh, something like that, they'd probably talk about uh, eating ass. I guess that's what the kids like nowadays, they say. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? I, I don't know. Is that, is that what they talk about these days? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing about eating ass people are talking about for a while. I don't I don't keep up to date with that stuff. You don't keep up to date with the ass eating? No, okay. Not really, no. <laughs> Tim's lie. Say, he's got, he's yeah. got ass, eat, ass eating monthly just tucked under his, uh, his nightstand. Oh, sure. He takes it out and reads all, all the latest news. Yeah. <laughs> Very few uh, publications I still get in the mail, but yeah, that's <laughs> one of them. Um, so, yeah, it was the interest you've led. Charlie kind of like snoops around the house a little bit, and like there is a like a human character who I I, I took as the familiar character. There's yeah, like, there's like a human who's helping Jerry the vampire, which. I got a little confused towards the end because in the last like chunk of the movie, he does actually end up getting like staked and like reacting as if he's a vampire. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's saying that he just got turned into a vampire in that last night, or if yeah, I wasn't sure about that because yeah. he he's definitely like around during the day earlier in the movie. So um, yeah, I, I kind of just assumed the same thing. Like, oh yeah, this is familiar. Takes care of his you know stuff uh, during the day that he can't or whatever. And then but then yeah, at the by the end of the movie, he's basically treated like yeah one of the bad guys like full-on vampire guy yeah that's actually one of the things that bugged me a little bit is that when vampires die in this movie they mm-hmm. all seem to die in different ways I, like mm-hmm. I, I, what i don't mean is the, the the cause of death i mean when a vampire gets staked in this movie like you know one kind of melts one mm-hmm. kind of more like mutates and turns to dust and like, i don't know it's like there's yeah. there's a lot of uh differences in how they, they seem to die it was a bit, a bit inconsistent i thought yeah uh i guess it didn't bother me that much because uh, i i thought it did like always look pretty cool mm-hmm. when it happened no, it did. to be fair it did. So... they all look good <laughs> yeah. um yeah they also have like a you know pretty big uh range of powers like um you know they're not just like you know strictly you know the human-esque vampires like you know they could turn to wolves and bats and stuff and like they, they can get kind of you know, like monstrous looking, which um, it's cool. I always like the kind of, you know, more crazier demony power kind of vampires. Yeah, it's definitely always on the slight campy side, and that's that's mm-hmm. fine because that's what the movie's going for. This is not trying to be Nosferatu. It's not trying to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, even something as stylish as Near Dark or or some of that. It's, it's going and for Dracula, dead and loving it. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um 
But as the movie progresses, we have this thing where he he's, you know, seeing more and more things. He tries to uh, tell the police because he witnesses a, a woman. Well, he sees a woman go into the house early on because he kind of like, again, he's been a little bit on the pervy side. Okay, this, you mm-hmm. know, attractive woman sort of says, hey, is this, you know, 99 Oaks Lane or whatever it was? And he's like, no, that's next door. And she's like, thank you, and smells at him. And he's sort of like staring her up and down as he walks away. And he's like, oh, he's like, he's, he's all excited. Uh, but then later on that night, he sees the vampire with another woman, and he sees the vampire's teeth come out, and the vampire does close the blind before the, the actual murder itself. But then later on that night... Good idea. I mean, yes, admittedly, that's true. Uh, but then later <laughs> on that night, he uh, witnesses the vampire and the, the assistant like dragging out what looks like a body, like a corpse, and like a bag. And he tries to go and like spy on that outside under the bushes and gets caught again. Like that's that's just a, a running trend early on in the movie for me, is that Charlie keeps trying to spy on him, and every time he gets caught, like every time the vampire yeah. ends up looking right at him and be like, "He's you're pretty bad at it." Yeah, <laughs> he's terrible. Uh, I I I do like this uh, kind of uh, this like first scene here where he's like hiding in the bushes and uh, yeah, the, the vampires. Um, like you think he notices him, but you're not sure. And then, yeah, you kind of by the end of the scene, like, oh yeah, he totally knows that he's there. But uh, I thought it was actually some good tension there. What did you think of the choice to have the vampire uh, have an affinity for fruit? Because he's constantly eating fruit all movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I thought it was fine. Um, I don't know the like. Uh, I I guess if you're gonna go by like the what we do in the shadows rules. Uh, where vampires can't ingest food, they automatically like just throw it up. Oh, I don't um, have a problem with it. I just thought it was an interesting choice to <laughs> to to have them like constantly eating a piece of fruit. It was it was like yeah, this is weird. I, I don't, I'm not used to vampires in movies constantly eating something that isn't you know people. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like a I don't know. It, it can be kind of in- intimidating. Like when you're looking at someone, and you just take like a big old bite of an apple. That can be like a little <laughs> I don't know a little alpha male-y, uh, I guess. Uh, but, I mean, it, it does kind of beg the question, though. Like, I mean, if, if he is able to eat and ingest food, like, is he able to get nutrients from it? And if so, like, then why do they need blood? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, if you happen to have, like, an apple on hand, Tim, you can go get. I will happily accept doing the, the, uh, the thumbnail pose after we record so that you can go and, <laughs> in an alpha male manner, bite into the apple on screen. And- Unfortunately, that's a, a forbidden fruit in our household. We don't have any. <laughs> why, why is apples a forbidden fruit? Because it, it's the original <laughs> forbidden fruit. <laughs> I didn't realize that you and the missus were so uh, oh, deeply yeah. religious. Oh. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> I s- suspect lies <laughs> uh, so uh okay. so he, he tries to inform the police the police mm-hmm. you know the, the guy does come out the the actor who i think is from die hard 2 if i remember correctly and he, he gets into the house but he doesn't really find out and, and as soon as charlie kind of reveals that he thinks he's a vampire yeah it, you know <laughs> it all kind of goes to shit no one believes him they all think he's an idiot mm-hmm. um and basically like there's kind of like a moment here where you can really see it coming, but I don't mind this because it's kind of an obvious thing to do where, you know, he finds out, because he goes to Evil Ed, who, for some reason, he thinks Evil Ed will have vampire advice. Uh, mm-hmm. And he pays him eight whole dollars for his vampire advice, mm-hmm. which is how to combat a vampire. So garlic, holy water, blah, 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 mm-hmm. usual stuff. Um, and a vampire can never enter unless they're invited. And... I immediately just sort of in my head went, well, I bet his mum invites him in. Because, you know, his, his mum, like, kind of had a line earlier on about, I hope he's handsome or something. She had a line like that, like, she's, way back at the start of the movie. Yeah, she she's a little horny for him, for sure. Yeah, a little, little thirsty, uh, as the yeah. kids say. Yes. Sure. <laughs> so, since we're in the, the business this episode of t- discussing things that the kids say. <laughs> but uh, there's a thing where, you know, he gets shouted down. He's like, hey, honey, I've got someone for you to meet. And it's like, this is our neighbor. And it's just, you know, looking Charlie's face. And I, what I did think was funny in this movie, though, is this scene included. There's a lot of scenes where the vampire will be in the scene with Charlie and there'll be other characters there who don't believe that what Charlie thinks, right? 
but the vampire will have like all these weird pauses where he's clearly being kind of intimidating and no one mm. in the room will like sort of acknowledge it or pick up on it or or address the fact that he's having these weird like open-ended questions where he's like mm. you know like because uh, in this scene for example you know he's like oh now that i've been invited over you know i'll, I'll come by often and, and he says like in fact whenever i want <laughs> and it's like the even if you don't think or know that he's a vampire it's still a pretty creepy thing to say <laughs> yeah but then after like five seconds of like a pause after he says that he goes oh with your mother's permission of course <laughs> like, oh, yeah. but it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's just this long pause where he's just staring at charlie like just to intimidate yeah. him and i'm like is no one noticing the body language and the the, the, the mood <laughs> in the room really because it, ha- it happens a lot it happens again later when uh, they all come over to the vampire's house mm-hmm. uh with the actor yeah. but um it was and something I, actually, I was picking up on this yeah, and uh, I think, uh, I mean, this is one of the things I think that kind of makes the movie is I really like this dynamic of, um, you know, and, and it's not necessarily anything new, but I, I just think it works uh, pretty well where it's like, all right, you know, he's the bad guy, uh, you know, the main character knows it uh, and is on to him, but you know that everyone else is like, thinks he's crazy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just like the interesting choice where it's like, all right, yeah, like, um they're kind of like at a stalemate uh i mean maybe not i mean maybe the the vampire has way more power but like yeah you know like uh just no matter like what he says or do he's just you know, always going to come off as like being like crazy or or hysterical yeah and i want to make it clear i'm not really complaining about this i actually started to really oh, sure, sure. enjoy the <laughs> fact that no one acknowledged like how much of a weird tension and creepiness there was going on right in front of them you know it became it became almost cartoonish that no one was addressing or 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 even reacting to anything that was being said that was, was this creepy, like, I don't, I don't know if passive-aggressive, this is the right <laughs> phrase in this case, but th- th- this, like, sort of clear tension that was in the room. Uh, but anyway, that, that night, he comes into the house to try and kill Charlie and <laughs> struggles uh, when Charlie stabs him in the hand with a pencil, and this is enough to kind of make him retreat. So he actually does manage <laughs> to stave him off just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and... Obviously, Charlie's uh, terrified, and he he goes to the actor for for help. He's like, "Look, he's going to come back and try and kill me again tonight." Um, I did appreciate them using the day night cycle as kind of like a a mechanical thing. Where okay, it's daytime. He's he's got a day to plan and try and figure things out and try and get help and try and address what he's doing. Um, and I think it's around this point where he, he tells his friends, you know, and by friends I mean Amy and Evil Ed, if he can be classed as such a friend. I, I... I I forget if uh, is, do we ever find out why he's called evil? Because he he really hates the nickname, but I don't know. I, I don't think they ever give an explanation as to why he has it. I don't think so. I don't remember any explanation. <laughs> I remember just him calling him evil, and then him be like, "Don't call yeah. me that." Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very strange because it it doesn't even. I don't even think it's like a very good nickname. <laughs> like it's a very, I don't know. It, it sounds weird. Like uh. Because, yeah, he, he just calls him just evil. Like, I mean, evil Ed uh, sounds a bit better, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's strange. All it makes me think is uh, a certain other film. I'm evil. <laughs> sure, yeah. Check out our review of uh, New Year's Evil mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for the full scoop on yeah. that reference. <laughs> then uh, I, I think... Oh, I might be confusing this with some something else, but I think like Evil Ed, uh, there's like, isn't there like a comic book called that or something? So is it for... Evil Er? Is it Evil Ernie? Maybe I don't know. I don't think this is the first time I've ever heard the name Evil Ed. I think Evil Ed is a thing from something. I couldn't tell yeah. you what though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do it with any name again with E. Evil Ernest. Evil. <laughs> oh no, not Ernest. <laughs> evil Albert. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Evil. Uh, I'm running out of names. Eugene. Really. Eugene. Oh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, beginning with an E it doesn't actually work for the alliteration. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that sort of goes on in this part of the movie, but uh, it kind of boils down to the the friends can go to the actor and try and convince him to help just to prove to, to Charlie that nothing is going on. They want to go to the the vampire uh, mm. with Charlie because it's the thing like the vampire and he's like a helper like oh 
we don't even have to go and hunt uh, Charlie tonight. It turns out he's coming over tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> like his friends are bringing him over to prove that there's nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> so they all come in together. And I refer to this as Chekhov's mirror because before they go, there's a moment with the actor where he's showing off, oh, I've still got this prop from the movie. This is the mirror that I used to prove that someone was was the vampire in this fake movie I was in. And yeah. I was like, okay, so that's Chekhov's mirror. That mirror is going to be used to, to, to show. Because he comes in and he's like, okay, we're going to test if he's a vampire. I've got holy water, claiming that it was actually a blast. And Charlie's doubtful, quite rightly. Like, how do you know for sure that this was real holy water? This could just be water in a little vial. You have no idea. You don't know. There could be anything. And sure. he uh, you know, he, he drinks the holy water and everyone's like, well, that's that settled then. Um, there is a lot of stuff here, though, uh, that starts off with the creepy vampire clearly trying to seduce Amy, who, <laughs> as far as the movie's concerned, is a teenage girl. And obviously this is a trope <laughs> that's in a lot of vampire stuff. What I thought was especially rude about this, though, is he kind of starts doing it in front of like everyone else including her boyfriend and this aging actor who as an adult should probably be like hey maybe don't creepily kiss the teenage yeah. <laughs> girl in the hand uh, a little bit odd but yeah. well, um, he has like a, a, a fixation on her because like she reminds him of like a past love or something like that yeah i mean there's like a painting they've got of like someone from like you know centuries ago that looks exactly like her and to the point where they made such a big deal of it i thought they were going to do like a, oh she is the reincarnated yeah you know Missy's vampire, I don't, like, but they never quite go that far with it. It's just that she happens to look like her. Um, but of course, there's a moment where they're leaving and the the actor has the mirror out and he's he, not not because he's checking anything, just because he's he's looking at himself and he happens to notice that there's no reflection of of the vampire and he get, he, he, he doesn't actually try to help at that point. He just gets freaked out and leaves. He just runs. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's determined to leave. And Charlie. He's like, yo, you saw something. You saw something that made you believe. He's like, no, 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 I'm going, I'm going. Leave me alone. Uh, so he, he runs off. Uh, and the, the movie just kind of escalates from here because the, the three of the kids are walking Amy home. Um, and they're walking through the street. And Evil Ed kind of breaks off because he tries to, like, give them a fright by, like, pretending to be, like, attacked in the alleyway. But then they piss off and leave him there. And then he actually does get attacked in the alleyway by the vampire. Um... <laughs> and is very quickly turned into a vampire because because the vampire goes after the other two he's after charlie and amy right after this and it's the same night he's just followed them and then they're and you know they're maybe like five minutes away from where they were before when they left him in the alleyway and at the same time evil ed as a vampire who has now been sired and is now a vampire goes to the actor to attack the actor <laughs> and that uh, he's already, so I was like, oh wait, so there's no siren time, he, he doesn't have to be like dead for a night and like wake up in the grave, he doesn't have to, yeah. you know, he, he just, no, that's it, instant, you're a vampire now, uh, within seconds, essentially. And he, and he seems to have like the hang of it pretty well, like, uh, I forget if it's this scene right away or, or maybe uh, the scene after, but like he can transform into a wolf, like. Oh, that's a little bit later, think? but yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, you think that would, like, need some, like, time to kind of, like, figure that stuff out or, or learn to do that. Yeah, no no low learning curve, apparently, on the, the yeah. vampires in this one. <laughs> um, this actually leads me to one of the things that really, I, I really thought was odd. So there's, there's an arc later on for the movie where uh, the actor, uh, Peter Vincent, he holds up a crucifix or a cross to, <laughs> to the main vampire. And the main <laughs> vampire just, like, grabs it and crushes it and says you have to believe for that to work or something to that effect, right? You have yeah, to like actually you, have faith in it to, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you like, uh, if you're using like these kind of, you know, religious, uh, you know, icons as, uh, weapons, uh, you do have to have actual like faith in them, uh, for, for it to work, which I, I think I've seen done in other stuff. I, I don't know if this is the first to kind of, you know, uh, use that logic, but I, I feel like that's a, a thing that I've seen other, uh, you know like books yeah. or movies adapt and i love it you know this is a fine mechanic i have no problem with this because it, yeah. you know there's an obvious arc here to do where later on right at the end of the movie he uses up the you know he holds up the cross again and it does work and he says something i, I don't remember what the line is but he says something to the you know that sort of hits home the idea that he does now believe and that now it works and yeah like that's a fine arc my problem with this is that in this scene before any of that happens with ed he uses a cross on ed and it works Mm. so <laughs> so when it got to the point where he holds up the cross and it doesn't work with the main vampire 
all I could think was, wait, so he did believe and then he used it and it worked on Ed and now he doesn't believe because it worked? That's a weird thought process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little confusing. I don't know if it's like, um, it, maybe if it has anything to do with Ed being such like a, a new vampire, if, uh, you know, maybe... I don't know, there's something like, as a vampire, you have to know if someone has faith or not, or if you have, I don't know, faith that it's going to work, or, or, or you're afraid it's going to work, I don't know. Um, that's probably just putting more thought into it than it actually did. It's but. very murky, because I, I have no problem, because I think if you take out him using the cross on Ed, I think the arc later mm -hmm. on where he doesn't believe it doesn't work, and then he does believe and it works, and it's this big triumphant moment for him, it's him believing in himself, maybe more than anything. I think that works really well as a little character mm -hmm. beat. But because he uses a cross earlier on and it works, and then it doesn't work afterwards, it's kind of a weird, like, thing. And I get what you're saying, maybe, like, oh, because he's a new vampire, he's more susceptible to it regardless. I think if they could somehow get that point across, that would be okay. Sure. But it's maybe yeah. adding, like, one layer too many to, like, the rules for this. Totally, yeah. Because uh, I think, alternatively, if you told me, if you took out the faith thing and you told me it works on Ed because he's new it doesn't work on the main vampire because he's basically built up an immunity to it over centuries mm. and he's like you know, he's just trained himself to not give a shit and to withstand the pain and not care like that would yeah. have been fine too I, i'd have bought that like, this idea that he's you know the idea that the older you get the stronger you get as a vampire and therefore these weaknesses become less and less effective I, you know I, I could buy that too but uh yeah. but as it is it's, it's a little bit murky a little bit murky uh but of course then the vampire chases amy and charlie who he keeps kind of appearing around the corners whenever, and again, this is when all the guitar would come in, whenever he walked around the corners, like, <laughs> neow, neow, neow. Uh, really cool. But we end up with this scene in the dance club, where so somehow the vampire has changed clothes, because now he's in, like, a sweater. Uh, he was in, like, <laughs> something else when he was outside. But he comes in, and while Charlie's on the phone, he, this is the scene I was talking about earlier, where he's, like, walking through the crowd in the dance floor, and he's just staring at her the whole time. There is a couple of neat moments here, though, where there's like a reflection, and he kind of disappears because he's going like past the mirror, and we're seeing the reflection instead of him, so we don't see him in the shot. Um, it leads to her being glamoured out into the dance floor, where she dances with him very intently. Um, I think the reason why this scene exists is because they wanted to have her, like, because there's like a big mirror, one of the walls is a big mirror, and they wanted to have a scene where she's like dancing with no one in the reflection, like you know, spinning around the dance floor. Um, sure. which I get why they want to do it and it looks alright it is a little bit like I think you can kind of tell a little bit that the actress is just kind of <laughs> pretending sure and it feels like, it feels like there's you know a, a weightlessness to it and I, that's a hard thing to like get right and like convince me that you know there's actually a person there that we just can't see you know th yeah. th there's a skill in that that not everyone can pull off so I, I wouldn't be too harsh on it but uh sure. <laughs> but uh yeah so he he steals uh amy away and says you'll you know show up with the actor uh later or amy will die uh basically so he has to go to the actor he has to convince the actor to actually help him so they gear up crucifixes holy water stakes all the rest of it and they come to the house and uh, it is pointed out that they have to save her by sundown uh or she's lost forever um, this is one of these things that I'm not a big fan of in vampire movies because she does get sired. Like, you know, we have this kind of erotic scene with the vampire and Amy where he sires her and she does become a vampire, which for some reason makes her hair grow out. I, I don't know why, <laughs> but it does. Um, sure. And, but, you know, it's one of these things where, like, okay, if you kill the vampire that sired her, she magically becomes human again at the end. Um, mm -hmm. It did set it up to be because I was complaining as I was watching it on stream last night, and you know it was pointed out to me. They did kind of set it up with a line of dialogue that if they kill him before sunrise, that it would be mm -hmm. fine. And I'm like, okay, fine, but I'm not in love with the idea of magically becoming human again. You know, once you're a vampire, you're a vampire. None of these like magic get out of jail free cards. What are you talk sure. about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I don't have the too hard of a stance on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is probably important that, like, they do kind of set up the rules so that you know exactly what you're dealing with, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, from here there's a lot of stuff with them creeping about the house, fighting uh, the vampire, fighting the assistant, who's also a vampire now, uh, who I, See, 
I, I only have I have to assume he wasn't earlier because he was walking around outside, but whatever. See, I, I kind of like uh, all this stuff because it, it's like um, I, I like the idea of like, um, you know, like setting up all these different little pieces and like having to have everything come together and like, you know, we all kind of we have like a, a group of good guys, we have a group of bad guys, and like, you know, everyone's kind of like um off like almost like i don't know video gamey or something where it's almost like there's these like little mini bosses that like you know people have to face uh, oh for sure yeah you know, before it, they get to the big bad yeah it feels like they're fighting their way to the main vampire because you know they have to deal with ed who admittedly the ending gets kind of reveals that he is actually alive which is the most you know horrific idea <laughs> uh apparently is in the sequel in fact interesting tidbit on the actor who plays mm-hmm. evil ed um mm-hmm. uh someone who was watching on stream uh pointed out that he's imdb he did a lot of gay porn in the 90s um okay. this actor which you know whatever uh no, no shaming sure. here but um when i looked at the list of titles because i was curious i was very disturbed uh when one of them was off oh, what was the word was it was it, was it gay after midnight? I don't know. It was something after midnight. And I went, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> the porn parody of our podcast already exists! No! <laughs> oh, man. What, uh, what Patreon level uh, gets us to watch that? I'm glad you said watch that. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Uh, to to quote a uh, a certain character from a certain video game, not enough cash, stranger. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, we're here talking about the this is the practical effects portion, really. We're talking about how the because Ed turns into a wolf and he gets like staked with a you know like a it's like a part of a fence or something like a wooden fence. Uh, but he was gets that it's um because they're inside the house so i think yes. it was like part of a he Table he does that thing maybe? yeah uh they do that thing which i think is kind of funny because this happens in like every vampire thing where someone gets thrown into like either a wooden table or uh, a wooden yeah, chair yeah. or wooden fence and it like just so very conveniently like breaks into like stakes <laughs> do you know what I'll, I'll, I will give the wooden fence a pass <laughs> because at least that has kind of a sort sure, of like sure. spiky formation anyway so if they land, like, you know, flat on the spikes of the fence, I mean, admittedly, would they actually penetrate, like, flesh? Or would you just break your back and fall over? I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. They're not that sharp. But anyway, uh, he, but we get this, like, sort of transformation from wolf back into human form as he's, like, seemingly dying. He's not actually dying because he's alive at the end, but uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a really good, tra- it's, it's kind of like a reverse werewolf transformation. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks quite good, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. And, um, and I like it because, you know, I always do feel bad when they, uh, you know, kill an animal in a, a horror movie. But at least this, it's like, okay, well, it's not really, uh, you know, he, he's back uh, to being a human. So I don't feel uh, as bad. Uh, but <clears throat> I think uh, as annoying and as grating as Evil Ed is, I, I do think this performance is actually kind of like, I don't know. I do feel sad for him here when he's like turning back into a human he's kind of like whimpering and like has like a tear like coming down his face like i don't know something about it. i just kind of pity him and feel bad about i don't want <laughs> <laughs> uh the 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 assistant's death to yes turns out to be a vampire now too uh he straight up has like this over the top like melting effect which is again visually quite impressive it looks really mm-hmm. good uh you know you see like you know has like it's like green ooze is like melting from him and then like yeah. the entire face kind of melts and you see the skull you know skull uh <coughs> I, I think by the end of it the actual skull kind of like slides down the floor like towards them by the time it's all done mm-hmm. um yeah very 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 distinct i'll say yeah i know i, I definitely dig it uh, it yeah it felt like uh i'm trying to think of like a movie to compare it to I guess a little Evil Dead, but that wasn't. I feel like there's a better comparison to make. Mm. I don't know. Street trash. <laughs> yeah, street, actually, that's not a bad one, actually. <laughs> street trash. Remember when we did Street Trash 10? That was like three years ago. Time does fly. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so. 
<laughs> I can't forget that movie. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so obviously, the, he's very disturbed that Amy's a vampire when he finds her. Uh, and there's a lot of creeping around. Try. I I did laugh though. Was, at one point, it, it cut to an exterior of the of the house, and there's literally like fog and smoke coming from like every edge of the house. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you might have overdone it a little bit with the the the, the, the fog machines, okay? Right, <clears throat> a little bit much, a little bit much, a little bit. <laughs> but uh, of of course, like sunrise is coming, so it's all about them trying to like you know. Smashed them. It, it ends up with them down in the basement. By the way, this basement has more windows in it than I, I think I've ever seen in a basement <laughs> in my life. But sure. they, they essentially start breaking all the windows that are all they've all been blacked out earlier in the movie. But they start smashing them all so the sunlight comes in uh, until, of course, so, uh, and, and that's like a, another extremely like tropey vampire thing. Which like, I probably mm-hmm. feel like I'm complaining too much, but again, it's just I, don't know, I feel like you've seen this so many times in vampire movies where it's like, oh no, like. <clears throat> everything's lost there's nothing we can do and then wait a minute like yeah something goes flying through a window and reveals like just like this beam of sunlight and then it's like oh hey yeah <laughs> yeah which is why it's actually parodied in episode two of the television show buff of the vampire slayer uh where she smashes the window and like, a beam of light comes in and look the vampire's kind of like ah and then he sort of realizes that there's nothing wrong goes wait what and then buffy just like stakes him from behind and goes sunrise is in about four hours more on and he dies <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> quality moment quality moment yeah. uh, well I, I think that the key point there you know because you, you mentioned that we're, you know you're, we're complaining a little bit about some of these overly tropey moments i think it is mm-hmm. worth mentioning that this is definitely not trying to be that, that, i mean this wants to be a tropey vampire but this wants to be just mm-hmm. this, this all this wanted to do was take the tropey vampire style story and put it into an 80s teen movie that's what this movie yeah. is it, you know, it's not like other movies like, you know, we've done Near Dark in the past or we're going to do some other ones this month that are trying to be different. It's not trying to be let the right one in and, and do like something that's more transformative and more like, no, let's, let's do a serious take on a, on a vampire story. This is, this doesn't want to be that. This wants to be kind of old school and campy and harking back to those things. And I think inherently, yeah, it's less interesting to us because of that, because I, I think we, yeah. we, we are a fan of like our more serious vampire movies for the most part. I mean, yeah, uh, if given the choice, yeah, I usually like the, you know, serious ones. But I mean, I'm I'm definitely not against, like, you know, having a, you know, fun, campy one. And, uh, you know, I think this one does succeed on this level. I, I mean, even like, you know, the title, like Fright Night, like, it does feel kind of like, you know, what it's named after, which is those, yeah, like, horror host movie night kind of things where, yeah, you would watch something like this that, you know has a lot of tropes and fog and you know that kind of thing so it's uh yeah i think it succeeds in you know that kind of funness even if you know you know you're looking at stuff that you've seen a, a million times before uh, but i mean also this is from the 80s i mean maybe at that time and stuff might have not been as big of tropes i don't know i think it probably was just because the stuff that's troping is troping stuff from the 50s it's troping stuff from these you know True. previous <laughs> decades uh, no, I do agree though that it, it, it kind of succeeds mostly in what it's actually trying to be, and I I think the actual critiques that I would give it, because as much as we're kind of poking fun at some of these vampire tropes and we're poking fun at some of these moments, some of these moments are what make the movie fun. Like I I don't want to be oh, yeah. harsh on them because some of these moments are why I kind of chuckled and went, oh that's kind of fun or you know cute or whatever. Uh, the actual critiques I would give the movie would maybe be that it's just a touch too long. And mm-hmm. also, generally, what I've been saying about the characters is that I don't necessarily find the main characters that likable. Uh, and then, of course, Evil Ed is actually, like, awful. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrible. He's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with that you know, too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's basically the movie. There's We end the movie like we started with... Uh, you know, she, she's back to normal, uh, and they're making out in the bed. There's a moment where he gets distracted for a second, but then he goes back to kissing. Mm-hmm. His arc of the movie is that he's learned to <laughs> not let his sexy times get interrupted. Uh, and we just see, like, you know, a glimmer of light from the other building and we hear the evil Ed laugh, which mm-hmm. does not make me encouraged about Fright Night 2, which I have never seen, might I add. Yeah, uh, I actually watched um, Fright Night 2 actually pretty... I think maybe like the either the same day or the next day after mm-hmm. watching this because I'd never seen it either and it's like impossible to find. Um, but I mean, there's uh, you know, some places that <laughs> you can find, but 
Um, yeah, this this is strange. Uh, I didn't really take this to mean that Evil Dead was alive. I, I kind of just thought that they were just, I don't know, they're just reusing the line uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a fact uh, that he's alive. I don't think he's in the second movie. I was it not? Maybe if I don't know if he had a small part and I missed it. I, I don't think he is. All I'll tell right. you. I tell you who who is in the second movie, and that's uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh. <laughs> well, okay, okay. And if I remember Napoleon Dynamite at all, I'd remember who that is. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot of people remember that movie. That's a uh, it's a classic uh, for my generation. <laughs> I saw it the year it came out and did not care for it, and have forgotten absolutely almost all of it. I don't, hey, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not going to defend Napoleon Dynamite. It, it is what it is. You, you like it or you don't. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, he, but he's uh, John Grease uh, plays a, a very entertaining vampire in it. Um, and uh, the second one, I believe, is directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who, uh, you know, of course, uh, I want to say he did uh, the sixth Friday the Thirteenth movie, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I'm gonna go check. He directed Halloween three. I mean, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. He, I don't know. he's worked with a lot of junk because he, he worked on Halloween. He wasn't the director, obviously, of Halloween, but he did work yeah. on Halloween. Uh, okay, maybe I'm thinking of that instead of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, let me check here. So he did Halloween three season of the witch. He did Fright Night mm-hmm. Part two, of course. Did a bunch of TV stuff. Done some TV movies. I honestly didn't really do much after that in terms of like mm-hmm. you know actual movies um and then halloween 3 uh, must have been what i was thinking of then uh, we haven't what we haven't mentioned <laughs> is that the director of fright night is none other than spider-man himself tom holland uh oh. at, at the age of negative you know 20 whatever <laughs> 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 it works out as um now tom holland of course uh we're talking about tom holland went on to direct child's play child's yeah. play yeah yeah so uh so that, that's some cred that, i mean this is probably his second biggest horror movie then or just biggest movie in general probably i yeah. think about it because i don't know did tom holland going to do much after these not off the top of my head um I, i'm gonna assume probably did some tv stuff i'm checking i'm then. checking uh yeah a lot of tv stuff he did a movie called thinner in the 90s oh um, the stephen king movie <laughs> that's right yeah uh, I oh he did, he did a movie called the temp but again you know he did fright night and child's play and then it seems like everything after that was not as notable or important sure. uh so that's a shame he did some tales from the crypt episodes but i guess that's not surprising and yeah so. <laughs> that sounds about right yeah that's just that's interesting um so I'm sorry for I feel sorry for him because now he's just going to be the, the joke is always going to be that this is Spider Man that's yeah. <laughs> directed right now, uh, even though he wasn't even a th- I mean Spider Man's parents were probably teenagers when this came out, uh, by Spider Man's I mean Tom Holland's parents were probably teenagers. Okay, when this came sure. out. that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, how what, what if Amy and uh, Amy and Charlie are Tom Holland's parents? Uh, I mean, it could happen. I mean, Spider-Man's no stranger to vampires, for sure, so... And obviously they moved to England at some point before he was born, and that's why Tom Holland has an English accent. That's why. Uh, makes sense, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, because we had Marcy from Married with Children in this, I was kind of thinking at a couple of points that I was like, this movie would be even better if the vampire was Al Bundy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'd watch it. That <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad. Food for thought, that's all I'd say. Just just think about it, people. Think about it. Um all right, okay. I, I think we're at the ratings then in uh, final thoughts. Uh Tim, what do you what do you give it? Uh I'm gonna give it a, a seven point five. Uh I, I do like it quite a bit and it, it's uh again it's kinda weird because this isn't one like a classic that I grew up with. Uh so I haven't seen it like a ton, but every like I do watch it every you know, maybe like every couple of years or so. And every time I do watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is like a, a really fun, enjoyable movie. But uh, I think, you know, it, it is just missing, you know, a, a few key ingredients. Like you've kind of, you know, you already went over um, that just kind of keep it from being like a seminal 80s, 
must watch and instead is just like okay yeah like a pretty fun um good time uh so yeah 7 7.5 for me it's yeah it's good but it's just missing a few things to keep it from being like great or even amazing or anything like that yeah um i think i'm gonna go with straight seven seven out of ten for me i think it's a good movie that it fulfills a lot of what it's trying to do it's this you know sort of that prime 80s era it, it ticks a lot of those boxes uh it made me laugh quite a number of times i enjoyed the music a lot uh the style it was kind of you know going for even if it's not necessarily you know not, nothing nothing about this is my favorite of anything like it's not my favorite take sure. on vampires it's not my favorite 80s teen movie or teen, teen horror movie it's not my favorite you know like everything is like i think sometimes you know you'll there'll be these cult movies and i think near dark's a great one to compare it to because near dark it was, mm-hmm. it was also not one that is like hit the mainstream in the way where everyone knows what near dark is like horror fans know what near dark is and horror yeah. fans gave it a cult following and i think <laughs> when it comes to cult following movies sometimes you see it and you click with it and you are part of what gives it the cult following and i think with near dark like that you know when i saw that movie i freaking loved it and it's like i think <laughs> it's one of the best vampire movies there is and i'm like a big champion of it and i'm one of the idiots for that one who'll say no you have to see this this is underappreciated. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. I think Fright Night, um, I'm not quite in that camp. And all I mean by that is that I think it's good, but I, I wouldn't like go out of my way to say you have to see Fright Night. It's, you know, it's this quintessential vampire stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, if you've already seen all the best ones, this is a solid little B movie to kind of follow up with and have some fun with. Uh, so it's good. Yeah. Especially like the fact that it's like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think you know, both of us are pretty, you know, huge fans of like, uh, you know, these eighties horror movies. And there's so many from this decade that are just like stone cold classics that, you know, are that so much fun and that you watch like over and over again. And yeah, like I, I can't really put this in the same camp, uh, as you know, like some of the other, you know, like Friday the 13th or nightmare on Elm streets or shopping mall. Um, sure shopping mall uh what have you um but like uh it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad uh but yeah it's just not like you know the the best or you know in the highest regard but uh, again it's like one of those ones where whenever i do come back to it i I still have a good time like it's you know i never you know dislike watching it or anything Hmm. yeah no this is a fun time it's a fun time and I, I get why it has found an audience, though. I, I get why mm-hmm. there is, like, a, a contingency of the vampire fandom who gravitate towards this more than the, maybe the ones that we gravitate towards a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, I can still appreciate it. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, if nothing else, it's a pretty easy watch, you know? It's it, it, yeah. it's actually a really good... Uh, I don't want to say starter horror film, but like you know, if you've got like a twelve-year-old who's starting to get into horror, I think this is a really safe. You know, I mean, there's boobs, but I mean, boobs. Sure. Twelve-year-olds yeah. are looking at boobs, all right. Just get over it. <laughs> They've seen boobs already. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's a fairly, you know, not ca- I wouldn't say like early child-friendly, but it's definitely like you can. I think you can graduate from like your hocus pocuses to your fright nights, kind of around sure. that age, or maybe a little yeah. younger. I was probably younger. I, young. I, mean, I didn't see Fright Night till a little bit later, but I was definitely seeing more extreme things than Fright Night by the age of 12. <laughs> sure. Um, martyrs and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, Martyrs came out, I think, when I was 17, so I mean, I think that's impossible, <laughs> but... <laughs> but yes. Uh, so there you go. If you made it this far to the end of the, uh, 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 the review, you can put the word... Hmm. I don't have to give me any like specific keywords in this. Uh, let's simply put the word chilling in okay. <laughs> the comments if you made this fun review. I'm going to make Tim do his pose for the thumbnail. So yeah. here we go. Three, two, one, pose. <laughs> I think this will be one where Tim's on the uh, the left so that his elbow's not covering my face. Uh, this time <laughs> but maybe that'll be funny i don't know maybe, maybe i'll just sort of creep behind his elbow sure <laughs> I'll, I'll try and do that thing work my hands up like that as if i'm like oh. <laughs> um so that is a uh, fright night you can of course uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments we encourage you to do so 
uh you can like and subscribe as we mentioned earlier as as we did patreon patreon.com slash tv so go and have a look at that too uh you can catch us on twitter at screams midnight look out for that um and if you weren't aware of it uh pretty much everything that you're seeing in january february march and probably april maybe even a touch of may uh, is actually being pre-recorded because tim is on paternity leave right now mm-hmm. i mean right now That's we're true. look we're looking at this the schlub who has no idea what it is like being a father but it's happening <laughs> it's happening around now yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean not really this is this is out in january and the, the baby's not due then but you know it doesn't matter i'll be in general yeah, at this point i will be taking classes and learning how to build a crib cribs and stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. Tim will be on the floor with some instructions and a screwdriver try to like make it all work that's, that's what you're doing Pretty right much. now <laughs> yes that's, maybe this will be a thing we'll try and predict what you're doing at this point in paternity leave uh, at the end of the week <laughs> 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 alright that is uh, Screams After Midnight thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time <laughs>